106 in the Rocky Mountain West. This is the Around the House program, and we're glad you're with us on this snowy Saturday. Thank you for spending time with us here on the radio. We'll be here a couple hours talking about that special place that you call home and other things. We'd be delighted if you'd check in with us, and that's easy to do on the phone, 719-473-1240-1240. is our contact line and live email at aroundthehouse.com. Um, Super Bowl uh, weekend. I know in Casper that's going to seem odd because you guys, by the time you hear this, will know the results. But Chris and I were talking about the Super Bowl. Uh, Chris, my producer, has run the radio board here for the last, what, 27 Super Bowls, Chris? Thereabouts. Yeah. But then again, I haven't produced the last 10 of them. Well, but you don't remember the last time you were home with your feet up watching the Super Bowl on TV, do you? <laughs> okay, I'm sorry about that. Anyway, it should be a good game. Still about a two-point uh, a f- a favor, you know, to San Francisco minus two, which is essentially a pick 'em game. The bookies don't know which way to go on this one. Uh, you'd think money would have come in one way or the other, probably for Kansas City to change that a little bit, but it doesn't seem to have, does it? Anyway, shifted back and forth a little bit, but uh, just a half a point or something. Yeah. Anyway, could be one of those games where the last team with the ball wins wins the game, but it should be a good game. We can avoid talking about Taylor Swift for five minutes. But that she's on her way now. Her jet is flying. We'll be there in L.A. at 4 p.m. a local time in L.A. And then she'll hop a plane to Las Vegas. Anyhow, glad you're with us. Uh, this is this weather is good because you know it, melting snow. There's nothing better for your lawn and your gardens than melting snow because it's so gradual. It just soaks in and get those gives a nice big drink of water to all the roots underground as opposed to sprinkler watering. So this is going to be good. For us, even though the traffic is a problem and, you know, nobody likes my my cat at home stares out the window. He knows it's a bad day. He can't go outside and he hates it. But, you know, we'll we'll get through that. Right. So anyway, I'm glad you're inside on a nice snowy day. I'd love to chat with you on the phone if you would like to check in with us. Uh, let's see here. Uh, here's my sister uh, sent this to me. These are called uh, Friday Funnies. And I want to read a few of these. Now, the problem is these are photos and cartoons mixed in with little sayings. So I'm going to have to scan through this as I go. Uh, Here's one, for instance. Unfortunately, there is no lifeguard in the gene pool. I I like that one. How did we survive? Our mothers wiped our faces with spit on a hanky, not an antibacterial wipe. My mother-in-law used to, when we would visit back in New England, may have said this to you before. Our, my baby, two little boys were babies, and she'd take the sponge off the kitchen sink and wipe their faces with it after they ate. Oh, my gosh. Anyway, um, uh, but, you know, that's mother-in-law for you. Anyway, uh, let's see here. We're, ask your doctor if a drug with 32 pages of side effects is the right one for you. Yeah, if you read side effects on Google, for a me- you'd never take medicine. Anyway, I really don't mind getting older, but my body is taking it badly. <laughs> I like that. Let's see here. I'm so old that I have dialed a rotary phone, uh, recorded a song that I love off a transistor radio into a tape recorder, watched a black and white TV with only 10 channels that had foil on the rabbit ear antennas. Remember that, Chris? Taken a long walk without counting the steps and eaten food that I didn't take pictures of. (laughs) Red Fox says, best way to get back on your feet, miss two or three car payments. I like that. Oh, this one is maybe my favorite. 
I love bacon. Sometimes I eat it twice a day. It helps take my mind off the chest pains I keep getting. That was I, I like that. And there's another good one. I want to be 14 again and ruin my life differently. Differently, I have a set of new ideas. That's that's pretty good. Um, as I watch this generation try to rewrite history, one thing I'm sure of, it will be misspelled and have no punctuation. This is a weird one. Uh, Chris, you'll, you'll roll your eyes on this one. Remember how when you were a little, you could just rip off your diaper, run around naked, and everyone thought it was so cute and funny? Anyway, now I need bail money. <laughs> like that. You have to think about that one. Parenting tip. When you lose track of your kids in the house, turn off the Wi-Fi. They'll come out immediately, kind of like cockroaches. Your neighbors may even drop by as well. They're kind of reverse cockroaches, actually. Um, for those who don't want Alexa listening in on your conversations, they're making a male version. It doesn't listen to anything. Most people don't think I'm as old as I am until they hear me stand up. That's pretty good. Um, let's see. There's a picture of a margarita glass here. It's called Quarantine Coffee. It's just like normal coffee, but it has margarita in it and also no coffee. Uh, let's see. Here's the last one. I don't always go the extra mile, but when I do, it's because I missed the turnoff ramp. Yeah, I understand that one. Anyway, thought you, that's kind of cute. Friday Funnies. That email was called from, uh, from uh, was that who is that from? I said I said my sister. Mm-hmm. That was actually from a friend of mine. Anyway, you like those, Chris? That's pretty good, huh? Well, I was thinking also back to the uh, TV dinners with the aluminum foil on them. Oh sure, yeah, TV <laughs> dinners. We thought Swanson TV dinners, right? With the peas and chicken and a little apple crisp thing or something. Yeah, I remember those. Yeah, seven one nine four seven three. 1240. I saw something on the way in here, and you've probably seen this before. I was downtown, and this hook and ladder truck, big the, the big downtown truck is coming uh, northbound, and my light was red, so I didn't have to do anything. But the light was green going the other way, and these two cars just blase went right in front of the fire truck. You had to blow that big air horn. And I don't know if people are, are just not paying attention. They're texting their their stereos are turned up loud. I'm not sure what's going on, but um, it was just you just kind of wonder about drivers these days. There's just so many distractions, aren't there? Except for you and me, right? Yeah, anyway. when we uh, when we abide by the speed limit. Exactly, exactly. It makes us superior, don't you think, Chris? Absolutely. Why yeah. not? As the as the others weave around us. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Oops. That's my phone. I'm going to turn that off, and uh, we'll let that go to work. phone's supposed to be silent now. I know. That's a $5 fine, right, Chris? Uh, Sharon, here's an email from Sharon. It was 63 degrees in the house this morning. The thermostat shut off the furnace too soon. It will not warm up. Sharon says, help. Well, you say that the furnace does come on. That's, That's the best news because it means that the culprit's probably the thermostat. Uh, of course, I hope maybe you've done this already, Sharon. Make sure it has fresh batteries. The batteries usually in a thermostat, those, those thermostats with clocks in them and, and setback modes and so on, have a couple of uh, two or three AA batteries. If it still uh, uh, misbehaves, unhook the two heating wires and touch them together for a while. Don't worry, you won't get a shock. It's only 24 volts. Don't keep this connection for too long. Only long enough that the furnace is heating the house normally. 
if it seems uh, okay, then it, if, if all seems okay with the wires hooked together, buy a replacement thermostat and you're back in business. Thermostats don't have to cost a ton, but uh, it probably is the thermostat uh, as long as the furnace uh, comes on. So uh, you can run down if you wanted to. I mean, heck, you could buy run down before you even, even unhook the wires, as I uh, described. You could run down a Home Depot or Ace Hardware or something and just buy a cheap thermostat and hook it up. And if it works, yeah, you're back in business. But that's probably what's going on a bad uh, thermostat. Now, the other thing it can be, I doubt it is, but there's a, another thing. A really dirty furnace filter can shut the furnace off too soon because the furnace overheats and can't get up to temperature. So make sure uh, your furnace filter is nice and clean or new. Use a new th- furnace filter, yeah. yeah. About how often to check that, especially during the winter? Once a month, for sure, yeah, yeah. I had a, when I was building houses this I don't know, 35 years ago or something. We got an irate call uh, on a winter morning from a customer that my furnace just won't heat. Oh man, we, they were so angry. And uh, my superintendent ran over there and they had a furnace filter that you could take the the, the, the the pet hair off and weave a sweater with it. You know, one of those. Yeah, totally couldn't see through it. The furnace was not getting enough air. And um, so, yeah, there you go. <laughs> so... Chris is dusting down the control room anyway. So, yeah, check, check the, the uh, batteries in the thermostat, furnace filter first, and then proceed uh, like, you, uh, like I suggested. But thermostats don't have to be expensive. Uh, I, I like my little green screen Honeywell, and they're about 80 bucks or so, maybe 90 bucks. But it's worth it because I've had it for years, and it does a great job. So just a thought there. Thank you, Sharon, for that email. 719-473-1240. We'll be right back right after this on Around the House. Well, I want to talk to you about Three Amigos Plumbing, which is a, a cool name for a professional plumbing company. It's a fun name. But I wanted to read a review or two to you here. We have one from Sean. The tech was professional and respectful and very affordable. I'd recommend them to anyone. Uh, Mabel says, I recommend this business. They are super professional, high-quality services. These are Google reviews. I'll bet you'll leave one, too, after Three Amigos does plumbing work at your house. Uh, They're a a veteran-owned local company. They take pride in the fact that their estimates are accurate. No sticker shock when you get the bill from Three Amigos. So you finally found a plumbing company you can trust and rely on. Three Amigos Plumbing, from water heaters to sewer cleanouts, Whatever you want done, even a drippy faucet, call Three Amigos Plumbing, 719-597-6763, and uh, tell them I sent you, and you'll leave a review at Google, too. If you want a good plumbing company that does what they say, I want you to call Three Amigos, 597-6763. From your faucet to your furnace and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Well, I want to talk to you about EVs, and you know how I feel about EVs. Here's a, uh, Chris, you'll enjoy this. This is from the Wall Street Journal this week. Now the climateers want your tires. So here's the Wall Street Journal. This is from uh, February 4th. What day was that? That's last um, Sunday, I guess it was. Progressive spent last year... uh, 
torturing home cooks by threatening gas stoves and dishwashers. Now the Climate Brigade is going after drivers. A new bill in Washington state would give regulators the ability to ban tires that create a drag on fuel efficiency. Now, the reason is Washington state doesn't affect us, but until it does, that is, all these lousy ideas start uh, on the West Coast, California, Oregon, Washington. Anyway, the proposal would give the State Department of Commerce in Washington state Authority to prevent the sale of replacement tires that the state says have too much rolling resistance, which decreases the fuel efficiency of the vehicles. Rolling resistance depends largely on the depth of the tire, the weight of the vehicle, and and all that. But the the depth of the tread is what keeps your car on the road in lousy weather. Washington State says the uh, says the Wall Street Journal isn't Arizona, and even Seattle progressives need their outbacks to safely navigate the Cascades. The deeper the tread, the stronger and heavier the tire is. This means the car gets fewer miles per gallon, but it gets a better grip on the road. The bill would cover all replacement tires for cars and light trucks up to 10,000 pounds, which means pretty much all the SUVs and so on. The proposed legislation says the new standards may not adversely affect tire safety or tire longevity as demonstrated by independent testing of wet grip or traction. That's a good caveat. But the new, if the new standards aren't going to reduce safety and grippiness, why does the next section create an exemption for snow tires? Well, the biggest difference between snow tires and regular tires is the depth and pattern of the tread. The bill says adopting the standards would save about 600 millions of gasoline uh, between now and 2035, they say, but nobody's actually made that calculation. They just pull these out of their orifices ears and other places in their bodies in my opinion that's assuming the drivers buy into the program in washington state don't take a sunday road trip to idaho or oregon to buy their tires from dealers beyond washington state lines good point washington has a rare uh, triple whammy here in a bill that would limit consumer options make tires more expensive drivers less safe it underscores how progressives are using climate as an excuse to intervene in everything. So these so-called experts uh, want to control our lives, our appliances, everything we do, uh, and, and you know where we cook and where we go to the bathroom, and on and on and on. There's no end to it, right, as we know, and um, I don't know that there ever ever will be. The more bureaucrats there are, the more rules. If you're a bureaucrat, you got to go to where you got to do something. And one of the things these folks do is just make up rules because what, are they, what else are they going to do all day? So there's another example of that. Instead of letting consumers decide what kind of tires they want, what kind of mileage they want, it, the, the whole premise of so many of these regulations, Chris, is we're too stupid to figure out how to save energy on our own. That started with low-flow toilets and, and shower heads and all that. Where the American public is just too stupid to know how to save how to save energy. Oh, my. Anyway, 719-473-1240. Here's a timely email we talked about last week, ice dams and icicles and so on. Here's Dave. says, I have icicles on the north side gutters. Is this the same as ice dams? If so, what can I do? Uh, icicles, not, not really. That's not the same as ice dams. Icicles can mean that water is leaking behind the gutters between the gutter and the fascia board. Uh, the, at the bottom of your roof, the, this may indicate the shingles are cut too short. Uh, and um, it's easily solved, though. When the weather warms up, you can put a piece of drip flashing on the bottom of the bottom of, of the row of shingles, which will 
make a little beveled angle piece of metal that kicks the water into the gutter uh so uh, that that that's so icicles uh can be resulting from ice dams but typically they're usually leaks of some sort okay uh so uh, ice dams uh, of course we talked last week are are gradual intruders uh that that build up as we get more and more snow we get freeze thaw freeze thaw another snowstorm another one and ice dams kind of creep creep up the roof so we talked last week about getting heat cable in uh along the edge of the roof to prevent ice dams but icicles tend to be a different a different animal uh so that's kind of that's thank you for that email dave so i would check for leaks you can also get uh icicle uh formation when the gutters leak like well, there's a 45 degree miter where, where the right angle of one gutter comes into the other that's a typical place for a leak and you'll get icicles coming out of the bottom of that crack where the gutters join together so anyway that's that's kind of the story on that we covered this extensively last week speaking of freezing bonnie says my pipes along the north wall and the half bath and laundry keep freezing isn't it against the code to put pipes on the outside wall no it really isn't uh sometimes it's the only place you can put them if if builders can avoid pipes on an outside wall of course they do but it just depends on the plumbing uh, you know on the floor plan where the various fixtures are and where the sewer pipes uh, uh come up from the basement those kinds of things no it's not necessarily but they need to be insulated on the house side uh the, the pipes need to be on the house side of the insulation that is the insulation needs to go behind the pipes and that isn't always the case um there, there also can be cracks and gaps and little holes in the siding or the stucco on the outside if you can find these if there are some you can fill them with that canned expanding insulating foam that's that's uh you know that's that's a pretty good place to to begin on the outside work your way in also feel down where the wall comes down on this half bath and meets the foundation reach up in there there can be a a pretty good gap between the foundation and the bottom of the wall of the siding itself and so that can let air infiltrate in there you want to again you can jam some pink fiberglass insulation up there with a screwdriver you can blow in some insulating foam and fill that cavity if you if you want if you want to do it that way but that's another good place and um there's a third idea here which i really like because we've talked about this before and that is to let some warm room air into that wall cavity so you're saying it's um uh it's behind the laundry for sure you can cut a hole in the sheetrock put a grill in there and let some warm air kind of waft up into that space just warm up that cavity and while you cut the hole for the sheetrock you can check to see which side the insulation is on is it on the outside of the pipes or the pipes uh, uh, uh is it on the wrong side of the piping the insulation needs to be of course on the outside uh, of the pipes so that's just a couple of ideas in your half bath you didn't say which wall if it, is it the toilet wall the sink wall sometimes um on these on really cold nights if the lavatory if the sink of the half bath is on the outside wall like the, the vanity cabinet it's a good idea to open those doors on the really coldest nights we talked about this oh i don't know probably a month ago or so if it's going to be down uh, in the teens or below 
when you go to bed, just open the the cabinet doors on sinks on an outside walls. Uh, you know, so you got to do it for a week or so each winter. Uh, as it gets really cold, that's fine, but that'll keep warm room air up into those spaces. So there's some ideas about how to how to handle frozen. So the answer in, to make a a short or long story short is no, it's not against the code to put these um, uh, to put these pipes and, and furnace and, and plumbing fixtures on outside walls. 719-473-1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com. And uh, we will be right back after these messages right here on Around the House. Well, I was looking at some Google reviews for my loyal sponsors. Here's one for Dutch's Home Improvement. Henry says, we were very happy with the work your crew did on our window installation. They were on time, clean, professional. It's a big deal, by the way. And we're very pleased with their work. We'll be glad to recommend your company to our friends and family. Thank you, Henry, for that. Dutch's Home Improvement, you know, I get lots of feedback on these folks. They've been around over 30 years, and I hope you'll recommend them to your friends and family after they put some new energy-efficient windows in your house. They carry a Merrimax and all. All, all the better brands, inline windows to save you energy winter and summer. So forget all the esoteric heat pump and solar panels and everything. The way to start saving energy at your house is with new energy-efficient windows from Dutch's Home Improvement. Again, they've been around over 30 years, fully licensed and insured, of course. I know you've heard of Dutch's, so give them a call. Tell them I sent you 719-392-1369. Get some new windows from Dutch's 719 719- 392-1369. From your roof to your foundation and everywhere in between, Ken Moon has solutions around the house. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 25 minutes before the hour on the Around the House program. Don't forget the podcast. Uh, we have podcasts going back, oh, I don't know, 20 months or so. 19 maybe i don't know is it 19 months what is it chris you got a july of uh, whatever it was july 22 right so yep we're about 18 19 months uh, there's a bunch of them in there segment by segment and you can download them and take them wherever you want to go with you just go to my website aroundthehouse.com and click on listen to podcasts and that'll take you to the krdo site or go directly to krdo.com slash radio and uh chris is real good about putting the podcast uh, publishing them if you will uh, within an hour or two after we go off the air, but appreciate all the downloading you've done. Again, I was the top uh, what for January three spots in the top ten of the station for downloading podcasts. That's pretty cool. So anyway, thank you for doing that, and also um, a shout out to Casper, our friends up there listening on KTWO. Hope everything's going okay for you all in Casper. I haven't checked on Casper weather for a while, but. It kind of mirrors what we do here, what we have here, but a little more intense, if you will. Uh, so, anyway, I hope Casper, y'all are doing well up there. A lot of friends up there because my show's been on the air there every Saturday for about twenty-five years, give or take. So, uh, something like that. Did you look up? You were looking up Casper weather. Yep. Things are actually a lot better up there than it's, it is it's better. Week. Okay, yep. very good. Good for you, Casper. Anyway, seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. Here's an interesting email because it. Uh, was the case at my house lisa says my contractor is ripping out 25 year old cabinets i don't want to throw them away any ideas on recycling them well yes i do it's a great opportunity with old cabinets to create really neat garage storage 
what before I moved in, the guy that uh, I bought the house from, he was the original owner, by the way, a 1973 house. He put all the old kitchen cabinets out in the garage along the along one wall, and then uh, uh, and the other side, he had some steel cabinets that CC was selling. They were remodeling dorms or something, so he put kitchen cabinets everywhere in my garage, and it's it's really pretty cool to have all that extra storage essentially for free. Um, the wall units, Lisa, you can hang to store adhesives, nails, uh, power tools, paint, and all that stuff. The lower units, you can store similarly, but you can also build a workbench out of the lower units. If you wanted to take the doors off to have open shelving under the it's so exciting to talk about this because it's a lot of fun. You can uh, cut a piece of three-quarter inch plywood uh, over the uh, cabinets to make the base for your workbench and stain it if you want or paint whatever. Uh, and um, you, when you have when you cut plywood, uh, you want to put a strip of wood like a little flat mold along the edge of the plywood so you don't tear your clothing on you know on the on the edge of the plywood. But that way you take the doors off and you have open storage under your workbench. It's just it's wonderful to have that extra garage storage. So yeah, and do it. If there are leftover cabinets, uh, when you um, when you, you you know you got enough for your garage storage, all you want, you put them out in the gutter and put a sign on them. It says free, and they'll be gone in ten minutes. So that's another way to get rid of old cabinets. So anyway, or you can also recycle them to another company like a Habitat for Humanity. You, can, you could, yep. Yeah, I'd want to use them first, but yeah, if there's some left over, yeah, I, I, um, um, but old 25 year old cabinets are probably out of style and out of bad colors and all that. You, you're a little, you don't probably don't remember this, or do you, Chris? Back in the 70s and even into the 80s, we, we were our kitchen cabinets, our doors, our casing, jams, a baseboard. We tried to be as dark as we could go. So a lot of the old kitchens in those days had this kind of black walnut stain on them. And those are what's hanging on my garage wall right now. But it's unbelievable that we wanted houses to be that dark in those days. It was kind of the style, as they say, right? Um, yeah, well, especially with that faux linoleum on the walls oh, and stuff yeah. like that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And mirror tiles. Do you remember yeah. mirror tiles? They, they were ugly the day you bought them, right? But anyway, they had a kind of a gold... Uh, pattern, uh, you know, etched into them, uh, kind of a flowery, stippled pattern. Oh, they were ugly, weren't they? So. Yeah, if those, you know, especially if those that like disco balls and stuff like that. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's right. But they were the in thing. And uh, shag carpet in uh, your various shades of orange, yellow, and green. Shag carpet in the bathroom so the little boys could pee on it. All those were styles back in the 70s anyway. Yeah. Um what do we got here? Oh, this is from Larry. Uh, this is interesting. Uh, it's, it can apply to quite a few of you listening, I guess. I have an old 50s house with two-pronged plugs. I'd like to make a computer setup in the basement, but uh, you, you said plugs, but they're actually outlets. You, you've got a ground outlets to use for a computer, no exceptions, because that's how the static electricity gets carried away. From a from a computer, from the printer, the computer uh, itself, from the uh, all the electronics. Maybe you have a uh, a speaker set up, plugged into your computer. That all that has to be grounded. So you're going to have to chase a ground, and this is sometimes can be easy, and sometimes 
uh, difficult. If you're on a crawl space house, this is easy to do because wherever you are, you can drill a hole uh, from the crawl space down from an outlet down into the crawl space and pull a ground wire up through there. You're in the basement, and that's that's pretty good because the, all the water piping is in the basement. And if you can run a wire, uh, Larry, from uh, your outlet that you want to plug your computers into uh, towards the cold water pipe where it comes in from the city and put a clamp on there, that's a good ground for the uh, grounded outlet you're going to use for your computers. But you can't skip this step. You've got to put in a grounded uh, outlet. Uh, and, and so, you know, I just... Uh, it depends on the configuration in your house, but you're going to have to what we call chase a ground. Now, the ground wire doesn't really have to go through the wall if you can't get if it's a sheetrocked wall and you don't want to cut holes. You can run the ground wire from the outlet down on the surface of the sheetrock and just tuck it in the carpet and go all the way to the cold water pipe uh, along. You know, tuck it under the baseboard or just hide it. But it can be a copper ground wire uh, that uh, you can clamp onto a cold water pipe and you'll be all set so the way to check this when you're done is to buy a polarity checker this is a little gizmo do you have one at home chris it's a little might have it's a little usually they're red or yellow it has three prongs on it it's, it's a plastic doohickey as my dad would say it has pilot lights on it and you plug it into an outlet and it tells you if it's wired correctly if there is a good ground and all that so larry when you're done chasing this ground Make sure that you get a polarity checker and check that it is a. It became a true grounded outlet. Now, if you have a '50s house, and most outlets, <clears throat> except for the computer, kitchens, and uh, laundry room and bathrooms, don't need grounded outlets in their living room, in your master bedroom, and and wherever. If you just have two prong plugins, uh, lamps. Uh, maybe you have an old electric clock you have, radios, anything that has two prongs on it, you're fine without a grounded outlet. It's only when you have appliances, especially with metal frames like stove, dishwasher, garbage disposal, refrigerator, laundry, you know, your washing machine. All of those have metal frames, and you've got to have a grounded outlet, and that's those are special cases. But in the rest of the house, if you have two-prong outlets, uh, you're fine in the bathroom if you don't have if you're not going to plug in any two pronged uh, I'm sorry any three pronged devices like hair dryers these days just have two prongs that's fine but you in your bathrooms you want to put a GFI outlet and you can still plug a GFI uh, out you can sub if you have a two pronged outlet now in the bathroom in your older house jerk that out and put in a GFI outlet that has the little push buttons on it and you'll be protected in your bathroom so that it's not as hard as it sounds but where you have to have a ground computers laundry kitchen you really have to go chase that ground usually to a cold water pipe is the best way to, to get a ground especially when you also have power strips and stuff like that when you're using multiple outlets and stuff like that you definitely need if 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 what you plug into the power strip is three-pronged yes yeah exactly yeah that's a good point uh, Matt, our, this is our buddy from the station, Matt. I was talking earlier about bureaucrats and how they come up with all kinds of rules. Uh, Matt says, how about their ideas are the cheapest way to go? Then those of us who want to save money will comply anyway. Uh, you're making my point for me, Matt. Instead of making it more expensive and harder to obtain. Good point. It just seems like every regulation these jokers come up with uh, has two characteristics that you can count on 
like the sun coming up, and that is they're going to cost more money and they're going to be less freedom of choice for the rest of us. If they ever came up with an idea that saved us money, uh, I uh, then uh, you need to check the weather report um, because um, hell has frozen over. So other than that, good luck with the bureaucrats, right? Thank you, Matt. 719-473-1240. We'll be back right after this right here on Around the House. Stick around. I'm telling you, I was looking at some Google reviews from my loyal sponsors. Wayne Dalton, uh, here's a commercial for them. Uh, this is from Tony. Had our garage door installed today by Noble. He was very professional, knowledgeable, did great. Everything looks awesome. Here's one from, uh, let's see, Michael. Amazing experience working with Sharon at Wayne Dalton. We love our new door. Outstanding work. So, yeah, th- those are great reviews. Uh, I wouldn't expect any less from my buddies at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Garage doors, this is their favorite uh, little aphorism here. They don't have to look boring. If you stop by their showroom, you can see wood grain impression plank doors on sale, 150 off a double, 75 off a single at Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Their, their shop is at 1847 South Murray, right off of Fountain. Or you can call them at 719 Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. They also are a gold dealer for Genie. Check out the new door side openers. Wayne Dalton Sales and Service, 719-382-9227. Need help with your next home project? Back to Around the House with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. 10 minutes. Laura, you know, she has a good voice. It grows on you. She has a nice voice, doesn't she, Chris? Anyway, thank you, Laura. 719-473-1240. We're, Chris and I are talking off the air about uh, about grounding. and uh, GFIs, by the way, uh, when they came along was mid-70s, and initially they were required in bathrooms, garage, and exterior outlets. That was it, those three categories. Now they've become, they went into kitchens, uh, laundries now they're all over the house and that's okay they they're, they're you know they make the house a little safer but we were talking about lightning air we're number two uh it's probably did you say walt disney's fault orlando's number one for lightning anyway i don't know huh? orlando area and the front range of colorado i think is number two nationwide for uh for lightning strikes lightning activity uh joe rook our buddy can confirm that but no, Chris made a point, and he's absolutely right. Lightning is a big deal around here. Now, if your house gets struck a direct hit, all bets are off. I mean, you can, there's no way to predict what will happen. But there's a lot of lightning surge currents that can happen. If lightning strikes in your neighborhood, there can be current surges in the ground. And if it gets in your house and the wiring and the plumbing, you want to have good grounding system to take that uh, those surge currents uh, back to uh, back to the earth. And that means grounding the water pipe system. The, uh, many many houses, the, the gas piping, which is metal, is grounded. And, of course, all of the wiring in the house. Surge protection for computers. You can actually you can get a surge protector in the main electric panel. They're not terribly expensive. And they're fairly, you know, I could put one in almost with my eyes closed. They're just so easy, just two wires to hook up. Uh, if you're not comfortable around electricity, you can have an electrician put in a surge protector in your electric panel if you have a lot of uh, really expensive audio equipment and, of course, computers. Delicate electronic equipment, surge currents are a big a big deal. 
1240. Stan says, my clothes dryer shuts off for no obvious reason. You can't predict when or with how many clothes. Well, good point. All, All dryers have some kind of a overheating protector, a little fuse type thing that if the dryer gets too hot, uh, it'll kick the dryer offline uh, until things cool down. One time, uh, I don't know when it was, many years ago, I wanted to save the dry cleaning cost, so I had a comforter, and I managed to wash the comforter in my washing machine, stuck it in the dryer, and the dryer quit You know, after 10 minutes or so because couldn't get enough airflow through the dryer because the comforter took up all the space and the dryer shut itself down. So um, that's what's going on here, uh, Stan. Check your dryer vent. I'll bet it's a vent problem uh, because uh, restricted airflow, even if it's not with a comforter in your dryer, but somewhere in the venting system, uh, you, uh, you could, you'll have a, a overheating problem like I just described. Uh, so... Uh, you can uh, check this yourself. I I just ordered. Can't believe it's taken me all these years. I just ordered a dryer cleaner. Uh, uh, it's it's uh, a brush on a flexible wire. It's about oh four feet long or so. It looks like a big bottle brush, and you stick it. Un, un, uh, undo. You pull out the dryer vent screen and shove this brush all the way down into the hole that goes under the dryer. And I pulled a lot of junk out of a lot of lint out from underneath my dryer so that's one thing to do and of course you want to get uh, pull the dryer out from the wall get behind there make sure there's not a lot of lint trapped the uh, number one place for lint to get trapped is behind the dryer where the tubing goes into the wall if there's a lot of kinks and 90 degree turns in that tubing of course it'll trap a lot of lint in there and the number two place is of course outside where the dryer vent leaves the house so uh, you want to check both of those locations for extra lint Clean all those out. And if it's been a while since you've cleaned the actual dryer vent system, the easiest way to do that is to put an electric electric leaf blower on the inside of the house where the dryer vent system comes out of the wall and blow all that air through there. It'll blow all that lint outside, and you can collect it. Oh, by the way, you got to take the vent off the outside also. Uh, So you get to blow that air from the inside to the outside, and all those clumps of lint will come out of there. So... One thing at a time, a dryer vent cleaning brush uh, inside the guts of your dryer, and then check the wall behind and the vent outside. Just look. I bet you have a lot of lint if you haven't cleaned it in a while, so check that out. Uh, but that dryer, that air, uh, the air blowing through the dryer vent from a leaf blower really is very effective, no matter how old or how big or how long your dryer vent system is or how elaborate it is. It'll blow all that crap out of there, all that, I'm sorry, junk out of there. <laughs> sorry, Chris. <laughs> we, it, all the lint will come. It, you'll have to put a cardboard box out there because you'll be amazed how many clumps of lint will come out of that pipe on the outside. You don't want it blowing all over your lawn or on your dog or anything. You know what I'm saying? So anyhow, that's kind of the story on that one. 719-473-1240. Here's an interesting one. How much time do we have? A couple of minutes, Chris? Yeah. About three minutes. Okay. Roger says, I have a 22 by 36 skylight in a master bedroom, leaks condensation all the time. Anything I can do? Yeah, this is fairly common. Um, one of the answers is to isolate the chase, that is the the, the square 
uh, space from the ceiling up to the skylight. There's usually oh four or five feet of space in a in a been drywalled in a square shape, rectangular shape that we call a chase, and that gets water condensing up there when you take a shower because it's colder in uh, in the skylight chase and the skylight itself, the glass or plastic is cold anyway. So you take a shower and all that vapor, uh, that water vapor from your shower, moist air gets up in there, condenses against the cold skylight and drips back down into the bathroom. So one of the ways to counter that is to is to frame a little like a picture frame around the opening of the skylight in the on the bathroom ceiling. And that'll allow you to set a little plastic panel in there. That's it's really a, a very simple idea. And that'll create a dead airspace. That chase will no longer be directly connected to the air in the bathroom, in the bathroom volume space, if you will. So it'll be an isolated airspace. You'll still get the light through there, but you won't have that condensation. Uh, So uh, it's really a simple thing to do. You can get those plastic panels at the hardware store, the kind we use in, uh, in office buildings where you get those grid ceilings. Well, we call it those troffer lights, and they have acrylic panels in there. They can be clear or frosty or stippled or whatever, but they, uh, they are uh, translucent, that light through. So you can picture frame some wood trim uh, in the opening of, that cro- of the uh, skylight chase at the level of the bathroom ceiling, and then drop a, a little plastic panel in there. It'll still let the skylight light through, but isolate that airspace. And if you want to even get very sexy about it you can put a fluorescent light behind there at night it'll light up uh that chase also and let some light in the bathroom so just a couple of ideas uh uh, to uh again isolate that air so that's what's going on the condensation is leaking back into the bathroom when you take a shower so that's very predictable you also that can happen with bath fans we can talk about that after the news because we're at top of the hour now uh, there's sometimes people get condensation out of their bath fan, and we can talk about that when we get back from our uh, from our news break. 719-473-1240 and live email at aroundthehouse.com. We'll be back uh, six minutes after the hour with a more uh, part two of Around the House right here. Uh, so stick around. Stay tuned. We'll be back just six short minutes on Around the House. Six minutes after the hour, I told you we'd be back. Here we are, part two of Around the House. Uh, uh, one of some of these, uh, a listener named Pat sent me some of these. Are kind of cute, uh, a little list that you might find intriguing uh, and kind of cute. Um, don't argue with an idiot; he will drag you down to his level and beat you with experience. <laughs> I like that. The last thing I want to do is hurt you, but it's still on my list. Light travels faster than sound. This is why some people appear bright until you hear them speak. There's truth to that, Chris. If I agreed with you, we'd both be wrong. Now, there's a way to win an argument. We never really grow up. We only learn how to act in public. Yeah, that's me and a lot of my friends. 
Uh, knowledge is knowing a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is not putting it in a fruit salad. I've heard that one before. Let's see. To steal ideas. Here's a Joe Biden thing. To steal ideas from one person is plagiarism. To steal from many is research. Huh. Um, a bus station is where a bus stops. A train station is where a train stops. On my desk, I have a workstation. So I guess work stops there. I thought I wanted a career. It turns out all I just want is paychecks. Uh, that's interesting, huh? Whenever I fill out an application in the part that says, in case of emergency, notify who, and I put doctor. Uh, the doctor makes sense. I didn't say it was your fault. I said I was blaming you. Big difference. Women will never be equal to men until they can walk down the street with a bald head, a beer gut, and still think they're sexy. <laughs> I like that. A clear conscience is a sign of a fuzzy memory. Yep. You don't need, Chris, this is words to live by. You do not need a parachute to skydive. You only need a parachute to skydive more than once. Huh? There you go. Money can't buy happiness, but it sure makes misery easier to live with. Yeah. Um, <laughs> this is kind of sick. There's a fine line between cuddling and holding someone down so they can't get away. <laughs> Uh, let's see. To be sure of hitting the target, shoot first and call whatever you hit the target. That makes sense. Nostalgia ain't what it used to be. Amen. Change is inevitable except from your candy machine, right? Going to church doesn't make you a Christian any more than standing in a garage makes you a car. Yeah, I've um, heard that before. Where there's a will, there's relatives. Or the other other half of that is where there's a will, I want to be in it, right? So... Thought you might enjoy a few of those. 719-473-1240. Chris uh, Moyer, my producer, is a great researcher, and um, uh, he did some research on lightning strikes. And this is something I guess would never have occurred to me, but lightning strikes are coming becoming more and more common around wind farms. Now, if you think about it, wind towers are around 350-ish feet tall with the blades included and so on and so on. So they're very tall. They're metal, of course. And they're tied to the ground to big concrete, deep, deep, deep footings. So they make an ideal conductor for lightning. So they're like a light, giant light, lightning rod and, rod. and so they're attracting lightning, I guess, huh, Chris? Yes. There uh, was a recent study that apparently there's been a couple of wind farms, one in Oklahoma, one in Texas, where nearly a thousand lightning strikes happened in each of those locations. And I would think that, uh, uh, that it would be hell on the turbine. And, you know, because the, the turbine, the generator, so to speak, is up top uh, where the blades, where the motor for the blades are. That's the uh, that's the motor part. Only it's a, not a motor; it's a turbine, and that would be a, stri- a lightning strike would probably knock that baby out and have to be replaced. I suppose. I mean, that's probably why more often when you're driving across the country and you see um, certain sections of turbines get knocked out because probably they got hit by lightning when a storm came rumbling through. Sure, sure. And when we did uh, did double, double check that Florida is still the most lightning prone area. Yes, in, in the definitely. Country. It's definitely looked more like towards the south with Miami yeah. and uh, Fort Lauderdale, Fort Lauderdale Palm Beach. And, and Houston yeah. was in that list as well as as well as uh, the Dallas Fort Worth area. Yep, yep. We talked before the news. I wanted to finish this thought because I I don't want to ever leave something dangling that you're counting on my getting back to. We talked about. <laughs> condensation from bath fans and i get emails on this occasionally where in the middle of winter uh, you know you come in the bathroom 
and there's water dripping out of the bath fan uh, from the ceiling. And that's uh, more common than you think for the same reason we just talked about skylights before before the uh, news break. And that is that that pipe up in the attic gets moisture in it from you, you turn the fan on when you take a shower. It sucks humid air up into that duct, which condenses and it runs back down towards the bath fan. And that's what's going on there. And now it's required by the building codes to have those bath fan vents insulated in the attic space to save uh, energy, of course. Another one of those rules by the bureaucrats that just co- ends up costing us more money anyway. Uh, so um, we uh, we there's some cures or little fixes for this dripping water out of your bath fan vent that are a little tedious because you got to get up in the attic to do this but what you can do is you can put a kink or a bend if you will in that vent tube that goes through the attic from your bath fan put a level place up there right above the ceiling a couple of, of 45 degree uh, angle bends if you will it'll make a flat spot up in the attic space so the water that condenses in that tube the vent tube and runs back down dribbles back down will lay in that flat spot evaporate it's kind of like a plumbing trap under the sink kind of idea and that's what the a really easy way to fix that so you need to do you can send a heating contractor up there a handyman or something to do that that's what's going on again that humid air from when you're taking a shower gets up in there and condenses uh the uh uh, in the cold weather, you know, it only happens in the wintertime, so that's the corollary to the skylights dripping, as we had that email earlier from uh, from Roger. So that's what's going on there. Uh, Carol says, I'm buying a brand-new townhome. Do you recommend that I get it inspected? Uh, also, there's no louvered door to the furnace room. Is that okay? Uh, if you're a first-time buyer, never owned a house before, a home inspection does help with a brand-new home. Uh, they can give you some peace of mind, and oh, if you have doubts about the builder, you've 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 signed your contract, and then you started checking around, and the, you've heard some bad feedback about the builder. Those are a couple of reasons to have a home inspection of a new home. Otherwise, if it's a straightforward builder that you have heard good things about, and you've owned other houses before and have no doubts about it, you know you might want to want to forego the home inspection. Uh, the builder's walkthrough, of course, will give you a good chance to learn about the new house. A home inspector will do that also. I've done a zillion new homes for new home buyers, and it's fun to demonstrate how things work and how the various systems are put together in a home. And with a new home, of course, drainage is the number one energy enemy of new homes. Uh, that can affect things uh, more than any other. So we talk a lot about drainage. We do a new home inspection. As far as the no louver door to the furnace room, that's probably fine because we can get combustion air for the furnace from other places like outdoors uh, or down through the attic or a crawl space or something. So I guarantee you that the city inspector is aware as you are that there's no louver door there and and they've checked that out and, and it's been approved by the city authorities, the blueprints and so on. So I really wouldn't worry about that. Not all furnace rooms have a louver door, especially you said it's a townhome, which implies it's a little smaller anyway. So the noise from the furnace uh, is more intrusive. And so that's probably why they're getting their combustion air from outside the, uh, the house itself. That's okay. Uh, it, it means it's, the house is going to be uh, less noisy so don't worry about that of course we want to make sure you have a carbon monoxide detector 
in your new home. That's a big deal in any home, actually. And um, so you, you should be okay. So those are some guidelines when we talk about inspecting. Again, I'm a, I'm a kind of a part-time home inspector. I've done it for years, so I'm I'm kind of taking business away from myself. But, you know, if you're a sophisticated buyer, you've owned a bunch of homes, and this builder seems like a pretty straightforward company, you might want to forego a home inspection just to have the builder's walkthrough inspection. Yeah, uh, what probably what are a couple of items that are that uh, home inspectors kind of are surprised to see uh, come up as uh, uh, an area that's flagged? Are you talking about in an older home or newer home? Uh, Either. Yeah. Well, if you've done enough home inspecting, there are not a lot of surprises, but the, what you try to do, Chris, is to focus on the areas that are most common. Drainage is a big deal. Uh, the outside drainage tends to get worse as the house ages, so that's – a, a huge deal. Of course, the roof uh, is another one. Uh, surprises, uh, I, I don't know. You know, you say, I've, I've told people before, uh, you think you've seen it all, and then you see something new, and I can't think of one off the top of my head, but you just look for these areas of safety, especially, that you want to be really concerned about. Fire safety, smoke detectors, are they old or new? Carbon monoxide detectors, are they in the the house, the electrical system. One red flag is is you can usually if you've done enough of that work, you can tell that the owners have been fiddling with the wiring. Uh, there's wires running everywhere in the garage and different colors and newer wiring and older wiring and all that. So you really want to pay attention to that because most homeowners, uh, you know, they can paint and do a little drywall and maybe uh, replace a screen door, but most homeowners, I'm sorry, are not very good electricians. So you really have to watch out uh, watch out for that. But I can't think of any real surprises um, unless you, you know, I've seen some dead animals in window wells, which kind of freak you out a little bit. One time, <laughs> this is an older house. Probably, I'm thinking back now, maybe it was built in the 20s or something like that. Older part of town, and I went up in the attic, and I looked at the end of the attic, and there was this great big pile, uh, just like a triangular-shaped pile of, like, twigs, little branches, and so on. So it turns out that one of the gable vents was missing, and this family of birds, I don't know if they were hawks or crows or some magpies or something, bigger birds, had built this wonderful little igloo-shaped home in there. They're just having a great time. God knows how many generations it took to build a three-foot-tall nest in the end of the attic, but that's a little freaky when you see that. The other one is crawl spaces where you open the crawl space door and nobody's been in there in years and you see nothing but mouse droppings. Those are a no-no because you can get hantavirus and all kinds of things. So I don't usually go in those areas, but animals can in, 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 inflict a lot of uh, harm and surprises on on a home uh, for sure. 719-473-1240. We'll take a break now. Love to hear you. Uh, call in if you want to check in with us. No stupid questions on Around the House. Check in and give us a call. Well, I found a couple of Google reviews for Three Amigos Plumbing online. Dakota said these guys were great, fast, efficient. They don't price gouge or offer unneeded services. That's a big deal. Thank you, Dakota. Zane says, fast, efficient, cheap. The company's the best plumbing company in Southern Colorado. How about that for a a Google review? That's Three Amigos Plumbing, a fun name for a seriously professional plumbing company. They carry those great Bradford White and Ream water heaters, my favorite brands. They're the best prices in town on water heaters. They also do Surig 
uh, checkouts with a fiber optic TV camera. They'll do it for free if you have them clean out the sewer line. That's one of their specialties. Honest upfront pricing, veteran-owned local company, Three Amigos Plumbing. And they they pride themselves in no sticker shock, so you'll recommend them to your friends and family. You can't do better. You finally found a plumbing company you can trust. Three Amigos Plumbing, 719 Five nine seven six seven six three. Tell them I sent you seven one nine five nine seven six seven six three for three amigos. Things break around the house. That's why there's the Around the House program with Ken Moon. Give him a call now at seven one nine four seven three twelve forty. That's 719-473-1240. Twenty three minutes after the hour and the Around the House program, Super Bowl. Uh, weekend uh we're coming up if you if you've got a favorite team what are you predicting chris you making any predictions no okay me either I, it's going to be a close game a good game a couple of really interesting quarterbacks good quarterbacks it should be fun uh to watch i'm as i've told you uh brock purdy and my grandson played football together so that's a connection i have with the 49ers and he's a baby-faced young guy mr irrelevant would be a what a great storyline uh, on the other hand, we have Taylor Swift. Give me a break. I hope they don't cut to her every three minutes. You know, Hey, Taylor Swift's clapping. Does anybody care? Nah, I don't know. I guess a lot of people do care, don't they? 719-473-1240 is our uh, telephone number. Should be really a great weekend for football. I know, uh, Casper, you're getting this show a week late, so I apologize for that, but uh, it is going to be a fun football weekend don't forget the podcast of the program chris will put up today's podcast within an hour or two depending how busy he is after we get off the air and then you'll see about 19 months worth of podcast right there at krdo.com slash radio or you can go to my website aroundthehouse.com and type in uh pod listen to podcast just actually not type in just click on that icon it'll take you to the krdo uh, site. We have a call, uh, uh, Chris, line one. Woody, on line one, you're on the air with Ken Moon around the house. Hey, good afternoon. Hey, thanks for taking my call. Got what? a question uh, regarding caulking the joint between linoleum tile and a bathtub. Uh huh. I, over the years, have used like what they call clear GE caulk, and they claim it doesn't yellow or uh, turn any kind of color, but it does over a period of years. Yeah. And also, sometimes it becomes loose onto the uh, linoleum. And I just was wondering if you have any suggestions for that. Yeah, I do. I think the GE caulk has a little too much silicone in it for me. And I think that's why you're getting a little yellowing. Uh, I do like, there's a brand, and you've probably seen this, Woody, in the hardware store, uh, uh, home center, uh, DAP, D-A-P. Yeah. And it's really good. It's got a little silicone in it. Uh, just enough for longevity, but it's it's a stickier adhesive type caulk that seems to do really well in bathrooms. So that's that's what I would use. I'd get rid of all that old GE stuff and put the DAP in. Uh, it you'll be very happy with it. And you think that would hold going against linoleum and the uh, bathtub? I, I think it would. You got to make sure you clean that really well. When you get all the old caulk out, get some mineral spirits and a rag. And just really clean that gap very, you know, thoroughly. 
Uh, and th- that's that's one of the secrets with caulking, making it stick, is to have that super clean. So mineral spill- spirits works well for that. But try the DAP. You can get it in – it comes mostly white, but you can get it, I think, in – they make it in almond and gray and brown and different colors. But I think you'll like that a lot. It's very sticky once it, once it cures. Uh, it, it's a 24-hour cure. But that's what I've used for years, and I think you'll be very happy with that. Now, is this a, a kind of a, a tiny crack uh, slash gap, or is it really wide? Or uh, tell me about it. Oh no, it's probably a sixteenth or so. Oh sure, sure. Well, the DAP would be just the ticket for that. So, you know, I I think you'll like it. I've liked it for years. You bet. Does the DAP uh, stay white, or does it yellow, or turn? No, it's st- no, it stays white because it doesn't have. A lot of the silicone component the GE uh, product has, uh, it's silicon. They call it siliconized tub and tile caulk, which means it has a little silicone, but not much. Just enough silicone for waterproofing uh, and for longevity, but it's mostly acrylic and acrylic product. So no, you'll uh, uh, trust me. Uh, you'll you'll like it a lot. You really will. Okay, well, thank you very much. I appreciate it. You get you bet. Good for good. Uh, glad you called. Good luck with that. Yeah, I, I love the DAP product. Every six months or so, in a shower that you both use every day, uh, you're going to get some, even the, the DAP, which I really, as I say, like, it has some mildecides in it and so on. But uh, even it gets a little little streaks of black and brown mildew that every six months or so, in a shower that, you, as I say, you use every day, maybe two of you take a shower of seven days a week, that water eventually takes its toll, so you got to get it out of there and renew it. So I, I've used that for years in my shower. And uh, where the tub meets the, the tile, it's just an excellent product. Also, outside the shower, it um, has a lot of longevity to it and color fastness, which I think is Woody's uh, big worry. So, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that's good stuff. Thank you for, for, that, um, uh, for that call, Woody. That's, that's a great question. Uh, let's see here real quick. We have a 1974 home. It has the old glitter. Oh, my. Glitter and popcorn uh, ceiling. Is there asbestos in the ceiling? Well, in the 1974, uh, maybe, maybe not. It's just, it's hard to say. Probably has a little asbestos in it. Asbestos in drywall products was pretty, was gone, but a little later than that, maybe 77 or so. So just assume it has asbestos in it. Um, I'm surprised there was glitter in there. Usually, glitter is we associated with the early. Do you ever glitter in ceilings, Chris? Do you ever see that? I don't think little so. little sparklies. Well, if you picture, you know the uh, the uh, mylar icicles you hang on a Christmas tree. Think of chopping those into a million pieces and putting it in a spray gun and spraying it on the texture. So it's a little spark. It's like a disco ball idea, but it's in the drywalled ceiling, and you. It was just. It was. We thought it was just so cool back in those days. Well, so that means, Vicky, that this is our emailer, Vicky, that your house ceiling hasn't been painted in a long time. So no wonder it's ugly. It's probably dingy and faded and a little brownish gray from dust and dirt and so on. Um, I wouldn't spend the money on an asbestos test. Uh, and I think maybe it has some in it. Um, so if there's uh, particles... Uh, if asbestos in there, you really it's better to leave it in place because if there is asbestos, it'll you can't help but getting it in the household air and interior air system, the furnace ducts, the oh the carpet and, and all kinds of surfaces. Um, 
I'm, I'm wondering, you say it's ugly, but I'm wondering if your ugly view of it is because it's just dingy and flat. What if we were to paint that ceiling? It would cover up the glitter and brighten that ceiling up, and it might blend in, and you might be a lot happier with it than trying to remove it. I always discourage people from removing popcorn ceilings, although there are companies around that do it. If you do remove it, you have to keep it wet and soaked you know, in a wide blade putty knife. We've talked about all that before, uh, but uh, I would I would probably try to leave it in place and paint it. I mean, the painting is is is. I think you're gonna. It's gonna change your opinion of that ceiling and of the room. It'll brighten it up. It'll it'll fade it into the back. It'll push it back into the background. It's not gonna be so obvious. That glitter has to stand out. And you know, I'm sure it's kind of a funky way of your guests looking around, saying, "Good Lord, how how old is this house?" So I guarantee you that ceiling has been painted probably since the mid '70s. So I try to paint it first with some acrylic latex interior uh, paint, a good brand. Uh, typically, we water that down about 25% with warm water, and it sprays on easier and covers all the little hills and valleys in those popcorn ceilings. So that would be my recommendation because if there is asbestos in it. Assume there is if you're going to remove it, and it just makes a bigger mess, and there's more risk of getting asbestos in the air of the house. 719-473-1240. We'll be back after these messages. And don't forget, live email at aroundthehouse.com. Hey, be honest now. How's your garage door looking? Has it been hailed on just all funky from the from the 70s old wood ugly door that's wasting energy in your house? Garage doors can really look sharp. They don't have to be boring, says the Wayne Dalton sales and service people. I've seen their, they've been to their showroom and they have some really great and traditional or contemporary style wood grain impression plank doors that really look wonderful because it, it'll really change the the street scene, if you will, of your house with a new garage door from Wayne Dalton sales and service. They're on sale now. 150 off a double, 75 off a single, but for a limited time. And they have the industry-best polyurethane-injected insulation, so you'll save energy with a new garage door from Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Stop by their showroom. You'll see how lovely these new garage doors are. You can also see, also see Genie openers there. 1847 South Murray or call 719-382-9227. 382-9227 for Wayne Dalton Sales and Service. Fix-It videos can be so confusing. Let Ken Moon walk you through it on Around the House. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Welcome back. It's 20, uh, 23 minutes before the hour. Carl, a frequent contributor to the program, sent me an email a few minutes ago. I was talking about tires. Washington State now is legislating what kind of tires we can buy and the, the, the wear and t- t- I mean the uh, tread depth because it can save uh, gasoline to have tires that aren't as grippy and it's just on. It's just endless, right? Meanwhile, Carl says EVs only get 10 to 20,000 mile wear on their tires. That's an interesting point. There was a, a, a piece several months ago that the city of London has noticed with all the EVs over there, there's a lot more invisible particulates of tires in the atmosphere that people are breathing. So London's going to, if they're not already limiting automobile traffic by you have to pay a daily fee to drive your car into the into London. So there's a lot more particulates from wearing out tires because they wear out so much quicker 
uh, with uh, electric vehicles. Speaking of which, it just this goes on forever. EVs are such a lousy idea uh, for now. They may not be in the future. Uh, but here's a, a piece from uh, Institute for Energy Research, which is an interesting little website. There's a, uh, a a link on my my website to one of their great videos. Anyway, uh, new problem, electric vehicles careening through guardrails. Are you ready for this, Chris? Electric vehicles typically weigh significantly more than gas-powered cars and can easily crash through steel highway guardrails that are not designed to withstand the extra force raising concerns about roadside safety, according to the University of Nebraska. Electric vehicles weigh, and I guess I knew this but hadn't thought much about it, 20 to 50% more than gas vehicles due to their batteries that can weigh almost as much as a small gas-powered car. Besides the weight factor, electric vehicles' batteries are typically installed under the vehicle, giving it a low center of gravity. Because of these differences, guardrails do little to stop electric vehicles from pushing through the barriers typically made of steel. Fun facts. The Biden's National Highway Traffic Safety Administration is proposing to force EV sales through fuel economy standards. As new studies show, electric vehicles are heavier plowing through guardrails. So that's, you know, we just talked about that. Um, uh, Electric vehicles are significantly heavier uh, the, uh, than the cars Biden insists they replace, and the heavier weight along with their low positioning gives them much more mass. These guardrails are meant to withstand, I guess, 5,000-pound cars, but they weigh a lot more than that. And Carl, just my buddy on the email, just pointed out that tires wear out more quickly. There's uh, many, many reasons to not buy an electric vehicle, and if the government weren't involved, technology and marketing and the marketplace – capitalism if you will to use a a bad word is is uh will solve this problem but only if it's allowed to proceed unfettered by government regulations and kickbacks and tax credits and so on so reason number 703 and 704 why i'm not going to be buying an electric vehicle we're going to you have a comment chris well i was just going to say as you turn off the bat, uh, light on your phone there i know i just i'm just doing that <laughs> thank you anyway i was just sitting you know the idea of probably seeing more uh, concrete pillars in the interstate you know if if these if all these uh, metal um, guardrails get wiped out all the time we might have to see more concrete pillars on the sideline uh, maybe on so. the sides of the road and i mean <clears throat> that's not going to be attractive especially when you're trying to drive through uh, the middle of the country. Well, that's that's probably another another unintended consequence. The problem with people that come up with these feel good laws and regulations is that they never say then what, and the then what usually is solved by, as I say, the capitalist system, the marketplace, consumers making intelligent choices. The then what gets solved one then what at a time. But just to have these blanket. A one-size-fits-all regulations of uh, California. What is it by? Is it twenty thirty-five? No more gas-powered vehicles. They. What, what's the then? What their power grid goes down. I mean, it's just endless. Um, we are be, being. <laughs> what? Where did I read this? Not original with me. We are being ruled by people that came in fourth for student council in high school. Those those kind of people. Anyway, seven one nine four seven three twelve forty is our phone number. Uh, I was just going to talk about, we, we were going to talk about snow infiltrations. Good day for it, snowing here in Colorado Springs. And sometimes snow gets it can creep in places you're not 
aware of. Now, everybody's seen, you know, a gap under the front door, a little snow blows in. That's eh, not a huge deal. But if snow blows into your crawl space or your attic, that can be a big deal. And I uh, I wanted to make sure that you're aware of that. If, if we get, now today it's not blowing a lot, but a lot of times we get these storms come out of the north, usually with blowing blizzard-like conditions. And those can fill up piles of snow in the attic without any notice. That is, it's never happened before, and all of a sudden you see a stain on your dining room ceiling. That's usually what's going on. I, I do. You were talking about home inspecting earlier, Chris. Uh, a lot of times I'll go in a house, and I'll open up a closet door, and there'll be a little circular brown stain on the closet ceiling, about as big as a dinner plate kind of idea. And you go outside, and sure enough, there's a roof vent right above it. So there's snow infiltration, blows it. It's usually not a big issue because it's self-limiting. That is, the blizzard you know only lasts so long, and a little pile of snow, and it melts uh, in the attic. So it's usually not a huge uh, deal unless it's chronic. And usually it's not chronic because the no two blizzards are alike. The wind direction, wind speed is you know always changes and so on. So it can be a once uh in a forever happening or it can be chronic and happen all over the house so you have to be aware of that after a really windy uh windy snowstorm uh especially if you have a lot of roof vents in your attic uh gable vents uh, maybe ridge vents up there now builders have gotten smart and put snow what they call snow screens under the attic vents but you can still get infiltrated snow so after a real blizzard kind of condition especially if you live in a higher part of town and elevated part of the city it'd be it's good to go around the house looking for water stains on your ceilings especially in closets which you don't get to look at very often so that's one place for infiltration the crawl spaces are another and the reason is we don't go down in our crawl spaces that much and so you want to, uh, after a blizzard-type storm, you want to make sure you check for snow infiltration in crawl spaces, especially on the north side. That's why I like to close down uh, about half the crawl space vents in the wintertime so you don't get that cross-ventilation that can pull snow into the, uh, into the house. And speaking of snow, Chris gave me a homework assignment last week about the uh, if, there, if there's a connection between ice dams and solar panels you wanted to know, right, Chris? And right. and I look, did quite a bit of research on mostly Google. And it turns out, of course, solar panels are elevated above the roof surface. Oh, three inches, four inches, give or take. Uh, so it doesn't overheat the shingles and you get some ventilation because uh, they tend to get very warm. The fact that they get warm means that you don't get ice dams, but you get a lot of ice formation on the surface of the solar panels so here's another reason i'm not going to be getting solar panels because you have to get the snow off now a typical snowstorm around here is that we get warming the next day or two and the snow will melt because solar panels by their nature because they're black tend to uh, be warm and so but but if you get a lot of snow and the snow sits there you want to get a snow rake and pull them off the solar panels before you get ice formation on the glass panels themselves which can crack the panels now i can imagine what if you're in minnesota michigan wisconsin the the dakotas what the implications are up there for solar panels because that snow doesn't go away very readily so yeah i was just saying like if you're off the grid somewhere like in alaska when you're in deeper amounts of snow there and you're going to take it's going to take you a while to try and clear some of those 
panels off there. Plus, it's a matter of survival. You got to get them. You got to baby solar panels when you don't have any electric backup, right? So there are no real ice dam implications like we were talking about with gutters, but there are implications of ice formation and clean the snow off so uh that you can get snow rakes uh online you know just like it's like a broom idea only on a long extension handle to clean off your solar panels so that's kind of that was a that was a, a great question though and you got me wondering that's why i did the research 719-473-1240 time for a break we'll be back with our uh, final segment right after this right here on around the house give us a call we'll be right back One of our loyal sponsors is Dutch's Home Improvement. I don't know if you've seen their name around town. They've been around over 30 years. And the reason they have is because of Gary's, the the owner, Gary's uh, a commitment to old-fashioned customer service like you thought you couldn't find anymore. It's a big deal. I had lunch with him, and I was so impressed with his uh, idea to please customers uh, you know, customers always right kind of idea. You'll love dealing with Dutch's. They carry windows, patio covers, doors, and siding. So if you need new windows, you got ugly old wood, steel, or aluminum windows from bygone years, call Dutch's 392-1369 and get a set of energy-efficient windows on your house. They pay for themselves in just a few years, and you save energy winter and summer because you lose less uh uh, less cooling in the summer and heat in the wintertime with a set of new energy-efficient windows from Dutch's Home Improvement. They carry all the best brands. Give them a call. Tell them I sent you Dutch's at 719-392-1369. Got a fix-it problem at your house? Ken Moon is here to help. Give him a call now at 719-473-1240. That's 719-473-1240. Thank you, Laura. It's 10 minutes before the hour on the Around the House uh, program. I hope you're having a good weekend. Thank you for for listening. Uh, let's see. Fred says my furnace is acting funny. It comes on and off. Uh, heats normally, but sometimes the burner and the fan will come on and off at odd times. What do you think's going on? Well, if the blower and the and the heat aren't kind of in sync. It's called short cycling. Many causes, but start with the easiest ones. Make sure you have fresh. Uh, thermostat batteries is probably not the thermostat but it's well worth checking sometimes uh, the thermostat will act up in odd ways when it's running out of juice a more likely cause is inadequate airflow to the furnace Uh, let's see and um, if it comes on and off like at weird times like it's just gone off and comes right back on again that kind of thing it's called short cycling and uh, it can be issues with the furnace computer airflow furnace filter so you might want to get a furnace company, your regular furnace company, involved in this one. Now look for some uh, uh, flashing dots and dashes, little codes of the pilot lights. If you look in the side the furnace, I'm assuming this is a modern furnace built in the last 25 years or so, or even 30. There's a, the a computer circuit board you can see when you usually when you take the upper uh, panel off and then where the burners are then the lower panel where the blower is there'll be a computer circuit board in there and there's little usually little pilot lights they could be yellow green red and sometimes they'll flash on and off in a series of dots and dashes as i said you can count them and look in your owner's manual for the corresponding code uh when you call an appointment you tell them which code is flashing if that's what's going on here but if there's no codes flashing it's just a matter of airflow sometimes as i say uh one thing you could try is removing the furnace filter altogether just 
take it out, set it to one side, and then run the furnace for a day or two without the furnace filter. And if it settles down, that means it's probably an airflow issue. That can be a dirty furnace filter. It can also be not enough return air, not enough cold air going through the furnace. Sometimes cold air returns can be blocked with furniture. Uh, maybe there needs to have an you need to throw an extra one in the basement. Those kinds of things. So you can do a little experimenting yourself. Removing that furnace filter is a great way to check out airflow issues. Issues, but if it comes on and uh, and heats normally, but you say, but sometimes the burner and the fan will come on and off at odd times. Again, short cycling can be several reasons. More likely, it's airflow of some sort. In which case, you really need to get a furnace company involved. If they need to modify the return air system, they'll just have to have to do that and i hope you have a regular furnace company that comes and cleans and checks out your furnace and ac each year it's a good idea good habit to get into to check out um, uh, any problems before they before they get worse uh here's an interesting uh email that i wanted to share with you this is from who is this from uh this is from laura our basement has one unfinished room that we're now using for storage i'd like to turn it into a nursery but there are no windows in this room. What do you think of that idea? Uh, I don't think too much about it. Building codes require light and ventilation uh, directly from the outside in so-called habitable rooms, which includes bedrooms, which would include your nursery. Uh, these rules grew out of the 20th century, uh, in the late 1800s, early 1900s, when immigrant families were stuffed into these overcrowded, airless apartments, tenement houses in uh, especially in new york city where they had no windows no ventilation limited plumbing and so these were terrible conditions so the rules about windows and habitable uh, rooms having enough ventilation and light grew out of that era uh so it would be a bad idea the nursery would be a bad idea babies need light and fresh air more than the rest of us do so why not turn this room into a usable space I'm agreeing with you in that aspect. Maybe a small office, a sewing room, hobby room, electric trains. You know, this can be a lot of ideas. But make sure no one is actually sleeping in that space. So, yeah, babies and nursery should be a room that with some windows, with some light and ventilation for sure. Um, the only, you, then you would also talk about the egress windows yep, like we talked yep. about last week. We talked about that last week. Yeah, in a basement, you got to have a way out uh, of each uh, sleeping room. This way, if it's just a hobby room with no in – in the appraisers and real estate people, they only count bedrooms or rooms that have a closet in them. Otherwise, they're just, uh, just a generic uh, rooms – and the rules are a lot uh, less stringent because nobody's sleeping in there, theoretically, I guess. But you do need egress from a from a um, basement, no doubt about it. We spent some quite a bit of time last week talking about that, didn't we? Uh, what else do I have here to wrap up? we got about a couple minutes uh, left here. Um, <clears throat> let's see here. Oh, this, uh, somebody said you had an article about how to clean Whirlpool tubs. Could you repeat it? Roxanne says, water's always sitting in those whirlpool tubs and the hoses and the pump. Uh, unless you use it a lot, at least once or twice a week, uh, that material tends to fester and get bacteria in it, get scaly, and you know, there's body oils and soap scum in there. Uh, so if, if, if you're uh, not going to use this tub very often, uh, throw some dishwashing powder 
and a tub full of water and, and run that pump for 10 or 15 minutes uh, every once in a while to scour out those hoses and the pumps and so on. Because it's just, it, you know, it's nothing worse than seeing a bunch of green uh, crud coming into your tub. You want to relax in a tub full of water. It's full of black and gray uh, little farkles, if we, as we say. So you want to use those tubs once or twice a week to keep them cleaned out. They're American Standard, I believe, is one of the companies that uh, now has self-draining Whirlpool-type tubs. So you might... Uh, you know, if you're going to put one in your house, that's what you want to look for. But Roxanne, you have an existing existing one of these tubs. So use it once or twice a week. Get a get a blow-up little pillow and a glass of wine, maybe a candle. Close the door, lock it so the kids can't get in, and just enjoy yourself and use that Whirlpool tub. And the more you use it, use it or lose it kind of, kind of idea. Well, that's all she wrote for the program. Uh, it's going to be, as I say, a good weekend for football. I'm a going to root for the 49ers of course they don't care who i'm rooting for but it's going to be fun to to let out a you know a, a raise a fist and or a thumbs up when they score a touchdown it's going to be fun uh tomorrow chris i'm sorry you're going to be working tomorrow but you get to see the game anyway right so anyway have a good week everybody uh i've enjoyed uh feedback here some great emails i get and uh the phone calls and if you want to get a hold of me during the week it's easy. Just go to aroundthehouse.com, and there's a little icon, second button from the left, says Contact Ken. And I'm pretty good about responding to emails in a timely way, so send me a question or two if you'd like, and I'll respond uh, quickly, uh, theoretically quickly anyway, and uh, help you solve your problem. Thanks. We'll see you next time. God bless. Have a wonderful week. Go 49ers. See you next time right here on Around the House.